Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All right, today is a big old Thursday. We have officially kind of put week four in the books. We are going to kind of uh, watch the Rams in the... Cardinals film study that we couldn't fit into yesterday's show because the Rams are playing tonight so we can get some nice good um, understanding should we be worried about the Rams is Matthew Stafford kind of melting down in the red zone and not getting it done is that cause for concern so it's going to help us decide who we're going to pick tonight so we got to watch that film study from yesterday that we couldn't get to Rams Cardinals so we'll check that out today Um, but uh, you know we're starting to talk about week five as well today on the show predicting and reacting to the week five lines is our thinking on par with Vegas where is the great value where is the disrespect there's really been no big disrespect here by Vegas the last two weeks so are they going to be back on their bullshit this week we got to find that out so we will be predicting and reacting to the week five lines today Looking at some film study and uh, breaking down the stories of the day. So let's just jump right into it with uh, these uh, stories of the day. Here we we go. The first one up. Now Justin Fields has officially been named the starting quarterback. And he should be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Whether Andy Dalton is 100% healthy or not. It's now Justin Fields' team. Thank goodness. Matt Nagy has finally came to his senses. I don't know. Maybe he watched our show yesterday. I don't know. Um, You know, we watched Justin Fields' film study. And man, oh man, were we blown away, folks. It took our breath away. We were wowing. We were getting hyped. And we didn't even want to move off of the game. We wanted to spend the entire rest of the show watching Justin Fields. So he has finally named the starter. But now we get this. Every time there's big news here with Justin Fields, his parents wants to, t- wants to take him out to dinner. But I don't think Justin Fields likes his parents, folks. Because here we go. Justin Fields' parents wanted to take him to dinner to celebrate earning the starting job. Chicago's new quarterback stayed home to study film with his dog instead. His parents went without him. And he said, quote, I'm just not going to be complacent. So we know the last time what was it when he because he got drafted or it was he was going to play in his first preseason game whatever it was his parents took him out to dinner and he was like studying film at dinner and now this time he's not even going to dinner he's like no 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 y'all go y'all go and celebrate without me I gotta study so we definitely respect that by Justin Fields to truly put in the work and you know, everybody says, oh, I work so hard. I always put in the work, but this man is truly doing it out here. I'm not going to dinner. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I'm not coming to dinner. I got uh, things to study. I got things to break down. I got, what do the Bears got this week? They got a tough opponent. They got the Raiders on the road. Yikes. I mean, he's definitely got to get prepared for that. So they can take him out to dinner in the offseason and all that. But Justin Fields, every t- every time he gets invited out to dinner, he's like, yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather be doing something else. So I don't know if Justin Fields has that close of a relationship with his parents. And uh, so just interesting. But this man is putting in the work. He's definitely better than Andy Dalton. He does better things than Andy Dalton. He has that dual threat capability that Andy Dalton does not have. He's got that 
swagger about him. I mean, the big plays hyping up his team, and he just seems like a leader on the field, and that's so great seeing that from a rookie quarterback. We celebrate leadership here on the show, and it seems like Justin Fields, the way he plays on the field, and we saw him with the little finger wag yesterday celebrating with the team after that big completion to Darnell Mooney on the right sideline, just getting everything hyped, and this man is truly putting in the work, leading by example, so I just don't understand, I mean, this man was doing this. This man was always putting in the work right from the beginning. So once again, head scratching that it took like three weeks and Andy Dalton to go down for Matt Nagy to truly make this man the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. But this man has been doing everything right from the first time we've seen him. So just continuing to get better, continuing to put in that work, getting it done on the field, getting it done in the game. I mean, he won last week. You got to give the man credit. So, um, you know, Justin Fields now is going to be the starting quarterback here for the Bears. Thank goodness Matt Nagy finally coming to his senses right here. I don't know if it was the general manager or the owner that was kind of like, hey, <laughs> the hell do you think you're doing? I hear Andy Dalton out of your mouth way too much. Stick that name right back in your mouth and don't let that ever come back out of those lips again. You hear me, Matt Nagy? Or you're going to be fired. And at that point, Matt Nagy doesn't really have a choice. So, finally... Matt Nagy is making the right choice, and the Justin Fields era is going to officially be underway, really kind of starting this week. So we'll see how he takes it, but we know he's kind of looking like the best rookie quarterback, do we say? Mac Jones, he's in that system, and it's not really kind of airing out the ball. I mean, we just saw Mac Jones on Sunday versus Pat, uh, Tom Brady, and he wasn't airing it out. Justin Fields was airing it out here last week so um, you know Trevor Lawrence still trying to get there Trevor Lawrence is looking real solid really kind of I would probably put Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence right on the same pace Zach Wilson just starting to kind of emerge he had a great game last week against the Titans so we'll see how all these quarterbacks start to develop now that they've had a couple of games to get their kind of beak wet a little bit to get their feet underneath them and we'll see which quarterback is gonna go and win uh, rookie of the year right I mean is it gonna go to the quarterback or is Jamar Chase gonna win it. Jamar Chase could win Rookie of the Year, but uh, we'll see which kind of quarterback wins Rookie of the Year officially or unofficially if uh, if the uh, if the NFL doesn't give a quarterback Rookie of the Year, we will crown our own Rookie of the Year for the quarterbacks uh, only, but uh, Jamar Chase definitely could be Rookie of the Year. I don't think, uh, I think he's definitely still in the running, but uh, Justin Fields, folks, we're going to see him every Sunday. Thank goodness. No more Andy Dalton. Can we celebrate that a little bit? I mean, he had his time. I mean, folks, we have to move on at some points. I mean, not everybody's Tom Brady and needs to be in the league 20 plus years. Not, I mean, Big Ben's kind of overstaying his welcome. And if Big Ben's overstaying his welcome, Andy Dalton's definitely overstaying his welcome. He had his chance. He had his opportunities. He had a nice, it was like a nice 10 year stretch in this league, folks. He had his time. He didn't do anything. So uh, let's give some other people, let's give some younger kids that are eager and chomping at the bit, not going out to dinner with their family with their family. Eddie Dalton's taking that meal all the time. His parents call up, hey, you want to go to dinner? Oh, of course I want to go to dinner. What are you, crazy? Are you sure you got nothing going on? Oh, I, it's Saturday. I got nothing going on. Yeah, the game's tomorrow, but I don't got to prepare. Um, what are you talking about? I don't got to prepare for nothing. I'm, I'll see you at dinner. Ten minutes, I'll be there. Uh, Just Fields, he doesn't go to dinner, so... 
give these uh, people that have been working, give these younger kids a chance, and uh, let's see what they can do because I'm over mediocrity with Andy Dalton, okay? I, we've seen it. We know what it is. It's nothing great. It's first-round exits in the playoff. It's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. He kind of wasted A.J. Green's career, and now A.J. Green has to kind of, you know, backload his career here with, you know, the Cardinals, and it's going well so far, but geez, you know, he's trying to get a ring, and Andy Dalton never, never not, uh, you know, stayed home with his dog to study to help out A.J. Green get that ring to accomplish something in Cincinnati, so... Justin Fields' era has now officially began, and uh, can't wait for Sunday, folks. We'll see how he does. Alrighty, we had a couple of uh, players joining new new teams this week. We talked about the Patriots. Um, I think they ended up did getting that trade off. Remember, we were kind of saying they were gonna just release them, but they were they had kind of to the end of the day to get a trade, and they did trade him officially to the Panthers, and they do get a six round pick in return. So at least they get a little something. Um, obviously, it should have been a little bit more, but you know when it's at the deadline, they they're like, hey, we know he's just gonna go to the free market, and he's probably gonna come here. So uh, we'll 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 toss you a six round pick, you know. So uh, Panthers do get Stephon Gilmore. That's definitely going to bolster this uh, Panthers defense, which is definitely the best thing about this team. So bringing in nice cornerback Stephon Gilmore, still going to be out another week or two, uh, getting off that PUP list by week six. So hopefully he's good to go by you know week six. Maybe if he's good to go for that game, or if it's after that game for week seven. But uh, maybe another game or two without Stephon Gilmore. But this Panthers defense is still one of the best defenses in the league, and now they're getting a little bit better. I don't think Stephon Gilmore is going to kind of re-reach that peak of 2019. I don't think he's going to be there, uh, but I definitely think he's, you know, definitely one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the league and definitely will improve any team he's on. So Panthers getting a little bit more rich out here, and now Sam Darnold's going to have to kind of pick it up and be you know, a little bit more better out there, you know, last week against the Cowboys. It was a close game, and we give, you know, Sam Darnold credit for being close at halftime, but then after halftime, just floundering two back-to-back -back interceptions that were kind of both his fault. The one that was kind of, um, uh, the second interception that was kind of uh, a tight, I, I forgot who picked him off, who jumped around. It was, uh, yeah, was it, um, it was, it was a uh, Trey, um, Oh, why am I blanking? Why are we blanking? Trey Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, he did jump the route and kind of, you know, pick off Sam Darnold for that second interception, so you give him credit. Um, I think I just lost my train of thought. Jeez, uh, what, were we, what were we trying to get to? Um, Stephon Diggs. Panthers cornerback. Yeah, Sam Darnold. He's got to step it up a little bit. You know, throwing those two interceptions. Um, you just kind of have to, you know, be a little bit better out here. You know, we didn't have Chris McCaffrey last week, but that shouldn't be an excuse to vice Sam Darnold because you don't have your dink and dunk option, because you don't have your number one running back. You, 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 you Sam Darnold's only good if he has kind of great weapons all around him. So Sam Darnold still needs to step it up a little bit. But overall, the team is still really kind of on par. So the rich get a little richer out here for the Panthers, and we'll see if this defense can still be you know as good as Ben and if it's going to improve a little bit with the addition of Stefan Gilmore so look for him in the uh blue the uh, Carolina blue now and then the other kind of uh, trade, not a trade, they they cut this man. They did not uh, get anything in return. But uh, Cowboys cut linebacker Jalen Smith, and he ended up going to the Packers today. So the Packers kind of bolstering up their defense a little bit. The Cowboys, I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, who thought that they would be like – 
cutting and releasing players here on the defensive defensive side of the ball because they've had all those injuries and had to kind of move Micah Parsons from the linebacker position to the defensive edge rush position because of you know all those injuries on the defensive line and all that so they cut one of these linebackers right here and you know he wasn't you know a huge piece to this Cowboys defense this season hasn't really done anything uh, four tackles game one nine tackles game two four tackles game three one tackle last week no forced fumbles no sacks no um, quarterback hits nothing like that he wasn't really um, on the field that much. Uh, game one, he had 25% of the defensive snaps. Uh, games two and three, he had a lot more of a bigger role, 76% of the snaps. Game two, 86% of the snaps. Game three, but then just last week against Carolina, just 40% of the snaps, and they were still able to win the game. So they feel confident of releasing Jalen Smith. We'll see if that's the right move. I don't know if you should, you know, if you're defense is good I mean having Jalen Smith out there just to be kind of be like a third or fourth option out there I don't think could have hurt the team so we'll see if this is a good move here by Mike McCarthy and um, Dan Quinn uh, of releasing Jalen Smith for really nothing so we'll see if the Cowboys defense can still hold and we'll see if this uh, Packers defense gets a little bit better here but Jalen Smith now officially a Green Bay Packer Alrighty, let's move on to this and talk about what's going on here. A huge game here for the Bills. This is truly going to decide if they are a good team or not. And, you know, we updated our power rankings Tuesday on Tuesday show, and we were reluctant to put the Bills at six. We really didn't want to move them that high just quite yet because they haven't been closing the door in these games that have ended in blowouts. And, you know, the Bills haven't really faced a real team with a real great quarterback. They uh, they lost to the Steelers week one, which, you know, week by week, that's looking like a worse and worse loss as the season progresses. They beat the Dolphins without Tua. That's not impressive. They beat the Texans without Tyrod Taylor. That's not impressive. But now this is the week, folks, against the Chiefs. I mean, yes, sir, they're on the road. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, geez Louise. This is their first true test to see if this is the real deal or not. And I've seen, you know, everybody's power rankings coming out this week, heading into week five. And there are a couple of people that do say the Bills are the best team in the league. And I think that's a way overreaction. And uh, we'll see what the Bills are going to be looking like. But let's hear from Josh Allen on what he's kind of focusing on here this week uh, with this big matchup. Because we need to see Josh Allen be on point. This Bills defense has been great, but it's got to be Josh Allen to put the points on the board. We just saw the Chiefs last week score on every single possession. Patrick Mahomes threw one interception but every other possession ended in a touchdown folks that's so crazy and it's absolutely fantastic in the way that this Bills team has been playing with Josh Allen not closing out the game settling for field goals not being as good as he was last year or even close to that. He's really got to step it up here and he's going to have to try and go toe for toe tit for tat with Patty Mahomes and we know how tough that can be. 
So let's see what uh, Josh Allen is saying, and uh, let's get into this article because Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs and quarterback Josh Allen not focus on redemption ahead of Chiefs rematch, saying, quote, it's week five. Yes, it's week five, but yes, you have the AFC Championship game rematch from last season, Bills-Chiefs, that, you know, obviously the Bills lose, uh, but then you also have this kind of distraction this season of you haven't really played anybody. Yeah, you've been blowing them out in the final score, but it's taken y'all till the second half to really close out these games. And if these teams had competent quarterbacks, I don't know if the Bills are three and one at this point, potentially two and two, and I would even say potentially one and three at this point heading into week five. But let's see what we get here and what everybody's saying around the team in Buffalo about this big old week. So here we go. Uh, where do we get some quotes at? Here we go. Got to read. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's read the lead up here. Here we go. The Bills are 3-1 and one in obliterating opponents. Yes, they are obliterating opponents, but I think that's just the general stroke. You look at the final score. Yeah, they're obliterating opponents, but look who they're beating, folks. Look who they're beating, and look how they're beating them. Once again, that's why we break down every single game on Monday. We go in depth. We're looking at the drive charts. We're looking at the players, who they're throwing to, who they're running with, who who's the quarterback, and how they're looking, when they're making their mistakes, how they're closing the the game are they closing the game or are they leaving the door open and the bills are leaving the door open I don't know if I call that obliterating opponents especially against the opponents that they have been obliterating the Dolphins the um the the Dolphins the Texans and who was their third win with um I'm blanking on their other win because they face the Steelers they face the Dolphins they face the Texans obviously who was that week two week three matchup uh let me go back quickly here we got the Bills a Washington football team who we know who we now know his, their defense isn't as good as it was last season so you know compared to last year yeah these are all real solid wins and if they had quarterbacks yeah those are real solid wins but I'm not getting too big on this Bills team because Josh Allen hasn't really had that many great games this season and the defense has truly been carrying them so I know it may look like they are obliterating teams on paper, but I don't think they are, folks. And we'll see. Are we right or is just everybody else right? Because I feel like I'm on my own uh, island out here uh, saying what I'm saying. And, you know, y'all are letting me know in the, com in the comments of everything. I get it. Uh, but I don't know if I call that obliterating. But let's get back to this article. Here we go. Uh, the Bills are 3-1 and and obliterating opponents, taking home each of their three victories by an average margin of 32 points. That's absolutely crazy to say. Uh, they seem to have only gotten better than they were in 2020. Hey, what? They seem to have only gotten better than what they were in 2020? No, they won't. No, they haven't. No, they Okay, now y'all are getting wild on this Bills team. I uh, Okay, now y'all are about to bring out the wild, the wild side here. It takes my fans. Y'all are telling me that they seem to gotten they've gotten better since 2020 no who's gotten better josh allen has it and they haven't faced anybody they have not i'm ready to say it. everybody that this bills team has faced has been trash folks see y'all have woken up the beast the dolphins are trash the steelers are trash the texans are trash washington is trash and they've been obliterating teams by 32 points that doesn't make any sense folks do you see the chiefs obliterating everybody by 32 points no because they've been facing good teams do you see the Rams obliterating anybody by 32 points? No, because they face good teams. 
Damn! The fact that this man, who said this? You need to be held responsible. Nick Shook. Nick Shook, and how crazy. My name's Nick, and I'm Shook right now. Oh my goodness. This man really just said they seem to have only gotten better than they were in 2020. No, they haven't. Josh Allen threw 69% completion percentage last year. Do you know what he's doing this season? Like 50, 50, 63, 67, I think. That's it. So please, oh my gosh. See, this is what I'm talking about. Y'all can talk up teams. I've got no problem with y'all talking up teams. But the fact that y'all go overboard, it's wild. We don't need to go overboard and say they've gotten better since last season. No, I can guarantee you, no, they haven't. It's clear as day they haven't. They haven't faced anybody this season. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I can't believe Nick Shook just said that. He wrote this, folks. He wrote this. These are his words. They have seemed to only have gotten better than what they were in 2020. <sighs> I don't know if I can even read the rest of this. I'm 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 getting wild here, folks. <laughs> I'm wilding out here. Alright, but let's continue on to see what other nonsense this dude is saying. Let's start back because here we go. The Bills are 3-1. Let's try to get through the article and then we'll let, – well, let's see. Yeah, let's see if we can even get through this article. I don't even know. We might have to cut this short. Uh, the Bills are 3-1 in obliterating opponents, taking home each of their three victories by an average margin of 32.3 points. They seem to have only gotten better than they were in 2020 or they're the beneficiaries of being a favorable opponent. Uh, uh, or they're the beneficiaries of a favorable opening slate. That's that. Okay, maybe we should have finished this sentence. But if you're going to lead with that, uh, yes, they're the beneficiaries of a favorable opening slate. Time will tell on the latter. No, time will not tell. We know it. They're certainly not receiving any advantage when they go to Kansas City this weekend. Site of death of their Super Bowl uh, LV dreams. I don't know what that is. Is that 55? I think that might be 55. Uh, just don't waste your breath reminding Stefan Diggs of the results. Quote here by Stefan Diggs. Quote, nothing. I've played there before. I've lost there before. When I was in Minnesota, we lost to them actually on the last drive of the game. I, so I've lost there before. I don't look at it as going back to do X, Y, Z. I'm trying to get a win. So Stefan Diggs kind of, yeah, I've lost to this team before. But remember, I mean, Stefan Diggs, when he... When he lost to the Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game, the Bills did. Remember that narrative in that picture? Uh, Stephon Diggs from the kind of uh, uh, the uh, the end zone. And then you see in the in the distance, the Chiefs players all celebrating. And Stephon Diggs, is, you just get the back of him watching the entire Chiefs team celebrate going to the Super Bowl. And what was it? Uh, what did Stephon Diggs say? Like, oh, I'm going to get back here. I want to get back here or something like that. So this game truly means a lot to Stephon Diggs. And I know they may be downplaying it, but, you know, the national media does kind of highly regard this Bills team. A lot of people have been putting them as their number one team in the uh, NFL and you know just you know just take the AFC the Bills and the Chiefs you know they're the upper echelon teams right here and the Bills know that they have to start being uh, beating them and being really competitive you know no double digit losses uh, coming down to the very last possession three to six point losses they have to be competitive. So, you know, everybody's downplaying it here in Buffalo, but uh, this is a big game, folks. This is a huge game for the Bills here. They have to get it done, especially since they haven't faced anybody this season. 
All right, uh, who else is talking here? Let's. Uh, we're going to get a Josh Allen quote up next, so let's read the lead up here. That's the 2021 Bills in a nutshell. At least through one month of football, no win is too high and no loss is too low. Their train is going to keep chugging along and knock a few obstacles off the track along the way. They might need something stronger to clear the Chiefs. Fortunately for Buffalo, they are rather explosive. Quote here by Josh Allen. Quote, it's week five. Everybody wants to make the big deal about the AFC Championship rematch, and I get that's what it is, but it's... It's a new year and this team's different than last year and there's and their team's different than last year but they're the gold standard what you would want to be as an AFC team being to the being to the AFC championship the last three years and competing for Super Bowls is what they've been doing. So that's what every team wants to be. And until somebody knocks them off in the playoffs, that won't change. So this is going to be a good look for the Bills, a good kind of uh, gauge of truly where they at. And you know, it is still early in the season. So if they do meet again, it will be in the playoffs. And we'll see, you know, who's learned and who's gotten better. You know, week five, can you really learn anything, you know, by a team at the end of the year compared to week five? They're probably a little different or totally different so Josh Allen <clears throat> saying hey this is just a week five game y'all are trying to make it the the AFC championship rematch it's really not it's a week five game all right uh, we get one more quote by Stefan Diggs so here we go what also won't change, in fact, it'll be even more intense thanks to the return of full stadiums is the hostile environment the Bills We'll be entering this weekend. Allen recalled Arrowhead Stadium being rather loud last winter, and that was just a and that was with just a fraction of the stadium's total capacity in attendance. Diggs is letting it be known. Noise doesn't bother him, says quote. I'm all about the hostile environments. I'm pretty chill right now, but when it's time to go, I love everything about it. I love not being able to hear. It's kind of weird to say, but it's so loud that it's quiet. You don't get nothing but your thoughts and really just the man in front of you. It's a good feeling, though. So Stefan Diggs want, wants all the smokes, wants the crowd to be absolutely rocking and roaring. But be careful what you wish for because Josh Allen, you know, we're not worried about Stefan Diggs. We know Stefan Diggs is great. Stefan Diggs was great before Josh Allen. Unfortunately, Josh Allen was not great before Stefan Diggs. I'm not saying Stefan Diggs is the only reason why Josh Allen had success last year, folks. I'm not. Is it a part? I do believe so. A huge part. I would probably say maybe at least minimum 25% of Josh Allen's success last season was because of Stefan Diggs. Y'all can go higher y'all can go lower I think I put it at least 25% but um um do I go high as 50 hmm hmm I may go as high as 50, but right now we'll stick at 25. Uh, but um, Josh Allen with the crowd noise, we don't know. Josh Allen's last – Josh Allen's last – what do we know? Let's break down the facts, folks. What do we know? Josh Allen only had one good season. He has played three seasons. He is in his fourth season. He only has one good season so far. What changed during that one good season? No fans in the stands and Stephon Diggs. He has to find Diggs still, but now there's fans in the stands. So how is he playing? He's not playing that good this year. He had uh, two good games, I think, two out of the four good games, which is, you know, the last two have been better. So that's good, getting better every single week, something we like to see. Um, so that's good. But now you're going into Arrowhead, Kansas City, the one of the best teams in the league, one of the best home environments in the league. 
We'll see how he reacts to this. And like we said, this is truly going to be the standard, the bar of what this Bills team can be. How do they play going into Kansas City with Josh Allen being a little um, uncertain if he can play in front of a hostile environment? So we'll see how it all goes, and we'll see how Josh Allen plays, and we'll see what this Bills team is looking like if they come out and win this game. They are exactly who the media paints them to be. Uh, great, the four the first four kind of lackluster opponents didn't mean anything. They beat the best team, but if they come out and lose, oh man, oh man, I think uh, Western New York might burn down to the ground. So we'll see what the result is come Sunday. Bills at Chiefs, Sunday Night Football, going to be fantastic. All right, next thing up I want to touch on quickly here. Keelan Cole went to the Jets media uh, yesterday, and he said some pretty uh, interesting things here. So Keelan Cole says Zach Wilson's throw to Corey Davis is unlike anything he's ever seen. And he goes on this kind of minute and 30 rant right here. Not even a rant, just an explanation, and it's real good. Um, <clears throat> I would listen to it. I would encourage everybody to listen to this. Um, it's on my like tweets. Just go to my profile, takes my fans, go to the like tweets and uh, find the tweet. Um, but uh, yeah, he was kind of saying, hey, he made that play and that's a big step when you can say, oh, I got this. I like that. And he's referencing that big play, that big touchdown to Corey Davis that uh, Zach Wilson just absolutely uncorked and got a touchdown. We're going to watch that play in a second. Uh, but uh, yeah, Keelan Cole. Says that kind of uh, what Zach Wilson did to that throw. He's never been a part of a team that that a quarterback has ever done that. So that's huge props to Zach Wilson. Uh, Keelan Cole has played for the Jaguars from 2017 up, up until last year. So this is his uh, first new team and his second team overall. So he's had quarterbacks of Blake Bortles and Gardner Minshew. So we know those aren't anything great. But he's saying that kind of Zach Wilson is kind of a little bit better than those two. So that's kind of where Keelan Cole sees Zach Wilson. Wilson currently. Um, yeah, so the big throw to Corey Davis, it impressed Keelan Cole. He said, uh, you know, Zach Wilson was like, hey, there was something else open, but hey, I'm going to take the shot. I'm going to I'm gonna take this deeper shot, and that's what impressed Keelan Cole, that Zach Wilson was like, yes, this is open, but I know I need to take the shot. I know this is kind of like a mojo moment ask play. Let's get up... Um, when this play was, what was the score before he threw this t touchdown to Corey Davis? They were down 7, 17 to 10. Oh, no, no, they were tied 17 to 17, and then the big throw. So, a mojo moment. Hey, the fourth quarter, game's tied. Something's got to change. Nine minutes left. Who's going to make that play? Are we going to let Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill make the play, or is Zach Wilson going to make the play himself? And Zach Wilson, at nine minutes left in the game, tie game, says, I'm going to make the play. And that's what he did. And that's what impressed Keelan Cole. And that's what Keelan Cole was saying, I haven't seen Blake Bortles do that. Garner Minshew never really did that. Zach Wilson is doing this his rookie year. That's big, impressive here to Keelan Cole, and that's fantastic to hear. It's also great to hear that these wide receivers have, you know, Zach Wilson's back 100%. Um, you know, it's a brotherhood. We know it's a family, and they are truly acting like it there with the Jets locker room, so that's obviously great to hear. Uh, what else did he say? Um, what else did I note down here? Oh, we also said kind of, I'm, I'm assuming smurfingly, uh, but uh, Zach Will, um, Keelan Cole at the end of this was kind of like in Zach Wilson's legs, his ability to kind of escape out of the pocket and buy the time so we can make those big plays. Keelan Cole was like Blake um, Blake Bortles and Garner Minshew were a little bit of pure pocket passers. So, you know, you three seconds. If it's not open, it's probably going to be thrown away. But Zach Wilson's ability to extend the play, once again, impressing 
Keelan Cole, their Jets, the Jets wide receiver. And then he says, uh, Zach Wilson's going to kind of make y'all have him uh, com- getting compared to Michael Vick, what he can do with his legs. And he's expecting Zach Wilson to develop his kind of dual threat game as the season progresses. So big, big endorsement here by Keelan Cole of Zach Wilson, and we'll see if they can get better. And we just were impressed with Zach Wilson the last week, the last game. They got their first win. They had their full complement of wide receivers now, finally healthy. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, Corey Davis, and uh, they all love playing for Zach Wilson, and it seems like uh, they all uh, are truly um, truly impressed on what he's showing here early on in his career. So. Keelan Cole loves Zach Wilson, which is great to hear. And this is the play we're talking about. So this is, um, I don't know if we, it's a great play because, you know, he takes a deep shot. And this is what we're talking about. You know, when we always bring up dink and dunk and, you know, when you dink and dunk too much, you get comfortable with it. And then you don't make these plays. This is why we put a huge emphasis on dink and dunk and why we don't want to see it. We understand you take it, you get, you take it when you get it. I get it. But at the same time, when you need to just move the ball and that's what Keelan Cole was also saying is like, you know, uh, let's just run the tape because, you know, we can talk through it a little bit more. But this is the play that Keelan Cole is talking about. And we got the all 22 here. So we got, you know, everything here. It's fantastic. But here we go. Zach Wilson, the play action, the bootleg, and then just rolling out and buying time right here. And you see him. You see him direct the traffic. You see him point his arms out. Hey, go deep. I'm throwing this deep. And this is the wide open pass that Keelan Cole is talking about. Here we go, and it's a good wide open. Here it is. It's this wide receiver that lined up on the right side. He's got three, four yards of separation here coming back. Zach Wilson, you launched this ball, and this is a great pickup. This is going to be like a 25, 30-yard gain right here. Zach Wilson doesn't take that, and instead... You know, tells Corey Davis to keep going and then airs it out and throws an absolute beautiful ball. I mean, look at how beautiful this ball was thrown. Jeez Louise. Corey Davis had the uh, corner right on him, the safety kind of coming over, and Zach Wilson only kind of two yards of separation between Corey Davis and the safety, and he puts it in absolutely beautifully, splits the defenders, and makes this a seven-point lead for the Jets. A huge time, a pivotal time in this game, and Zach Wilson said, I'm not going to take like the 25 yard gain because then it, we have to go another play and another play and anything happen, anything can happen on those plays, a fumble, an interception, we get sacked, I get injured, um, or you know we just stall out and have to kick a field goal or we missed a field goal and come up with no points even though I made a great read and a great throw. I'm going to try and take this chance right now because I believe in my ability and I also believe in my wide receivers, Corey Davis and Keelan Cole and uh, Jamison Crowder and all them, especially Corey Davis, truly. We know he uh, truly relies and uh, uh, truly believes in Corey Davis, his uh, wide receiver. So um, this is great to hear by uh, Keelan Cole that, uh, you know, they're all around and they're all truly buying into Zach Wilson in the schemes, in the offense, and all that. So we can start buying this Jets team a little bit more now, and uh, we'll see if Zach Wilson continues to get better, and we'll see if this Jets team can kind of start being competitive in games and maybe even start maybe vying for the playoffs. There's got a 1-3 and three start, but we'll see. You finally get that first win. Maybe everything just kind of you know comes up big. So they've got the Falcons this week, another winnable game. Yes, they're on the road, but that's a huge winnable game. We'll see if they take advantage. 
Alrighty, and then just some uh, quick updates on who has been playing, who has been not practicing, and potential some outs for this week. But here we go. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, who has been wearing a shoulder harness to play, suffered a partially torn labrum in his left shoulder on September 19th against the Texans. No surgery needed as of now. He has he was listed on the report after the injury and hasn't missed a practice nap. So this man has been injured for two weeks. Weeks, folks, and we just looked at Baker Mayfield last week, uh, yesterday in our film study of last week, and you know we've been saying, hey, these last two weeks have been so uncharacteristic of what Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback. Huge garbage completion percentage, not moving the ball, not being accurate, not being that game manager quarterback that we know he is. So now, do we understand why a little bit? His left shoulder, uh, you know, little banged up. Now he's a right, you know, he's right arm, so he's throwing with his right, uh, you know, his right arm, obviously. <clears throat> but um, you know, maybe the pain, maybe just kind of how he throws and how he twists his body, that pain is kind of affecting his play a little bit because that's all we can kind of truly know or maybe try to put the blame in on what is going wrong because it's not the offense for the Browns. It's not Kevin Stefanski. It's not the defense. It's it's not the wide receivers getting open. We just saw him yesterday not make the easiest read ever on a third and two, and he tries to scramble for it. So um, I, we don't know what's going on with Baker Mayfield. All we know is he's a little banged up. So I'm going to kind of attribute this lack of good play here to potentially this partially torn labrum in his left shoulder. So, and this is, you know, still early on. So maybe you should get that repair. Take a couple weeks off this offense and defense can, I think, get it done. Let's see who the Browns backup quarterback is. Who the heck is the Browns backup quarterback? Um, <clears throat> would we feel comfortable if Baker Mayfield sat out for two to three weeks with this partially torn labrum to get it repaired. Let's see, Case Keenum. Can we believe in Case Keenum? I think Case Keenum can, uh, can play game-managing quarterback with this offensive defense. Let's get up his career stats. What are we looking like uh, here with Case Keenum? Career completion percentage, 62%. Not bad. What has he got? Anything good? He played for the Texans, the Rams, the Vikings, the Denver Broncos, Washington. He's been with Cleveland for the last two seasons, so he knows the team a little bit. I think I would be kind of comfortable with Case Keenum playing for two to three weeks. Let's see how long recovery time for torn labrum. Is that big? Should he have surgery right now, early on in the season, to get this man? Because the Baker Mayfield cannot keep up this level of play that he's playing. Or they're not going to make the playoffs. They won't win the division. They won't make the playoffs. They won't win a playoff game. They won't go deep. The recovery depends on many factors, such as where the tear was located, how severe it was, and how good the surgical repair was. Classic, obviously. Um, it is believed that it takes at least four to six weeks for the labrum to reattach itself to the rim of the bone, and probably another four to six weeks. Oh, okay, so maybe, yeah, definitely probably can't have surgery because we're talking about eight to 12 weeks. Okay, yeah, we don't want Case Keenum out there for 8 to 12 weeks. And then you get Baker Mayfield at literally the end of the season going into the playoffs, basically. Yeah, so uh, kind of surgery is off the table here for Baker Mayfield. But uh, something's got to give. He's going to have to kind of prove that uh, this injury is not holding him back out on the football field because the last two weeks have been trash, and he's been injured the last two weeks. So... Oh, man, Baker, Baker, Baker. Hopefully you can kind of have a great showing this week. 
The Browns have to face the Chargers on the road. It's going to be a tough opponent. Baker's got to show up. If Baker plays like he's played these last two weeks, they don't win against the Chargers. Absolutely not. Even with the great defense, even with the great offense. So we'll see what he does. But uh, partially torn labrum in his left shoulder here for Baker Mayfield. All right, we get Jerry Judy news here. He's been out on IR, but he's progressing. Some hope he could return in three weeks, which is great here uh, because now we know this Denver team definitely needs all their weapons if they want a chance to beat kind of these upper echelon teams. And uh, also, Teddy Bridgewater should be practicing today. Uh, they're kind of expecting him to be good to practice today, so hopefully he can clear everything and good to go for Sunday. But Jerry Judy should be able to return in three weeks, and that's definitely going to be great to see. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has returned to practice here for the Panthers, so I know Sam Darnold is definitely happy about that, and we'll see if he kind of goes back to having Christian McCaffrey be his leading receiver every single game. All right, and now we got to pour one out here for the homies. The Washington football team has placed tight end Logan Thomas and IR, unfortunate. So he's going to be out at least four games here. So Logan Thomas, who has made our summa cum laude list here uh we had logan thomas a b plus for week one and then he ended up having an f minus for week three not getting on the board last week so now unfortunately the last thing we ever really seen about him was an f minus grade of fumbling in buffalo so unfortunate here for logan thomas hopefully he can get back quickly and reprove he's one of the top tight ends in the league hates having this f minus on him and he can't kind of try to uh try to improve upon that how unfortunate all right, Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice yesterday. Calf contusion sidelined him after halftime versus the Seahawks. So, once again, we're not truly sure who the quarterback here is going to be for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan on Garoppolo's status says uh, it's better today, which is good news. Not enough to let him go. Not enough to rule him out. Doctors say to give him another day so he has a chance. So, that uh, extra day is today. So, we'll know a little bit more uh, on tomorrow's show. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still up in the air and we saw Trey Lance and we did not think he's ready to get the start so if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy we expect him to be out there playing Alrighty, then this for tonight's game. Seahawks running back Chris Carson is expected to miss the game today. So one of the running backs for the Seahawks here. Let's get up what he's done here um, for the Seahawks this season because I believe he's been pretty solid. Let's get his uh, career stats up here. Uh, Chris Carson, we know uh, the Seahawks just beat the 49ers last week, kind of the offense getting it done in the second half. We've seen them flounder second half offensively, and they kind of cleaned that up. They struggled first half offensively this game, so they still need to put together a full uh, 60 minutes, full quarters of football together, but uh, you know they're building upon that. But uh, Chris Carson, let's get this up quickly. Alrighty, Chris Carson, what do we got? What have you been doing this season? Game one, 91 rushing yards. Fantastic. Uh, he had 26 receiving yards as well. Game two, only 31 uh, rushing yards. Game three, 80 rushing yards. Fantastic. And he had a touchdown. Yes, sir. Get in that end zone. Um, and Oh, yeah, two, uh, two touchdowns in game two as well with the only 31 yards. And then last week, 30 rushing yards as well. So solid performances out here by Chris Carson, just kind of doing what he needs to do, kind of a game-managing running back here because you got Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, so you don't need to be the main focal point here offensively. He's just getting it done. Unfortunately, he's not going to be good to go for today. Expected to miss tonight's game. 
Alrighty, those are all the stories that we just needed to cover for today quickly. Uh, so let's head over to our film study that we couldn't get to yesterday. It's going to help us determine who we like today in tonight's game because we got Seahawks um, and Rams. Rams at Seahawks going to be a great game. And how about this brutal kind of gauntlet these last three weeks for this Rams team? Bucks, Cardinals, Seahawks. Man, oh man. We'll see if they're the real deal or not. This is kind of the tiebreaker. They beat the Bucs, lost against the Cardinals. Now they're on the road. They were at home for those two games. So this is kind of the tiebreaker game against elite teams out here. We'll see how the Rams go. All right, but let's get to the film study from this past game against the Cardinals. So what happened with this Rams team? They just kind of floundered off the rip. They settled for a field goal on their first drive. They got an interception on their second drive. Then they score a touchdown on the third drive, but then it's a fumble on their fourth drive, and now they're down 21-10, to 10, and they just struggle. Another field goal, a missed field goal, turnover on downs, and then a touchdown in the fourth quarter. That's basically meaningless. So this Rams team just did not get out to that hot start scoring-wise. They couldn't keep up, uh, keep up pace offensively with the Cardinals, and we have to kind of look to Matthew Stafford a little bit here because he was the one that wasn't really getting it done in the red zone so is this cause for concern or is this just unfortunate the receiver wasn't catching it it was great defense by the Cardinals anything like that Matthew Stafford just missed a throw maybe a bad play call whatever it is but we are going to try to investigate here if this is cause for concern and if we should be starting to fade this Rams team offensively just in general. So let's see what Matthew Stafford was looking like here in some key clutch situations to try and get in the game, to try to get a nice jump start in the game, and to try to win the game. So here we go. The first drive, a little bit of a stall here. Like we said, it ends in a field goal. And we get a second and five and a third and five incomplete in kind of the red zone for them to have to settle for the field goal. So let's see what this first play up here. Here we go, second and five, and they're at the Cardinals' 20-yard line, folks, 24-yard line. Here we go, Matthew Stafford, empty backfield, drops back to pass, and this is right on Cooper Cup. A big drop there, and we have not seen that all season. All season, it's been great. Matthew Stafford to, to Cooper Cup, one of the best quarterback-wide receiver combos this season in the league, and that's a big drop there by Cooper Cup. It was good. It was low and away. We, we could watch this one one more time in slow motion. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was right on target. That's not even low and away. That's absolutely beautiful right there. But Cooper Cup took his eyes off the ball the last second, and that's an incomplete pass. So that's not on Matthew Stafford. That's just an unfortunate drop that we don't see. So that's good. That's good. This is not cause for concern and burn down the entire season. You know, three weeks into the, four weeks into the season. All right, but let's see what we get here on third and five. All right, single back in the backfield for wide here, still at the 23-24 yard line here of the Cardinals. Matthew Stafford dropping back to pass. He's going deep, and this is a little bit of an overthrow to Tyler Higby, the nice tight end option out here. Let's see if we get a nice uh, look at this one. I want to see how far incomplete this was because it did look like Tyler Higby had a little bit of a half a step on his defender and just unfortunately could not not get it going. All right, we just ended up stopping this play. That's not good. Let me refresh the page. See if we can get back there quickly. See if I can get back here quickly. We got 520, 520 on the clock. All right. Here we go. I just want to see Tyler Higby one more time here 
and that we can move on to the next drive that once again not a great end uh, but here we go let's watch this ball at the top corner we get Tyler Higby up here I mean, he got the nice separation. I mean, here it is. That's about a half a yard. That's all that you need in this league to be really open. And, yeah, about uh, two yards overthrown. So, Matthew Stafford got to rein in that accuracy a little bit more. And Cooper Cup dropping that ball truly hurt him as well. Do we get a replay? We don't get a replay of that? Come on. Come on. No replay of that, of the overthrow? Damn it. Um, so, it looked to be overthrown there by Matthew Stafford. Unfortunate. All right, next drive up here. With this Rams team is Matthew Stafford's interception here. They're up 3-0 at this point. The Cardinals didn't score on their first drive. You have a chance to, you know, go up 10-0, go up 6-0. But Matthew Stafford throws an interception on the second play of this drive on great field position. They're starting at their own 44-yard line, folks. And we get a second and three. Here we go. Matthew Stafford under center. Play action pass. Plenty of time to throw, and he's going to take a shot here to, to Deshaun Jackson, but underthrows this ball right here. Let's count the yards on this ball. Did Matthew Stafford arm just kind of give up on him? He's launching this from his own 35-yard line and getting it all the way down to the 15. Jeez Louise, that's a 50 yards right there clean, folks. So, unfortunate Matthew Stafford underthrowing this ball, and, you know, we know Deshaun Jackson is their speedy deep threat, and this Cardinals defense was right on him. We saw Matthew Stafford to Deshaun Jackson, what was it, like two times last week that went big, broke it big. Just this week, they kept him under wraps. So give credit to this Cardinals defense. Matthew Stafford trying to take a shot here that just truly wasn't open. Shot play. Safety comes over, undercuts this underthrown ball, and that's a pick trying to hit Deshaun Jackson. So that's on Matthew Stafford right there. Unfortunate. Um, but once again, great defense by this Cardinals team to shut down kind of Deshaun Jackson this game. Uh, what did Deshaun Jackson have? I think he only had like one catch. Yeah, one catch for six yards. On how many targets? Three targets. Jeez Louise, these are one of the targets. It results in a pick. So now you just gave all the momentum to the Cardinals. They take advantage to it. Uh, they score a couple of touchdowns. And the next drive that we have queued up here, they're down. The Rams are down 21 to 10, folks. 21 to 10. And we get a third and three incomplete. Unfortunate. Once again, stalling on these drives. Let's see what happens here. So here we go. Down 21 to 10. Third and three at midfield. They have to pump because of this. Matthew Stafford drops back to pass, trying to hit Cooper Cup on a slant route. And once again, this defense is all over these defenders, and Cooper Cup is not able to hang on to this ball. Let's quickly see. Uh, hopefully we get a replay because this was real close, and we got to see, was it broken up? Here we go. We're going to get a great look right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the back angle, here we go. It's low and away, and it's right through his hands. Cooper Cup. Oh, my. My goodness, what a stinker of a game this is. This is exactly where it needs to be by Matthew Stafford. So we're getting two great throws. Whenever he targets Cooper Cup, I mean, this man is 100% accurate there. Jeez Louise, he's a little off the mark with Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby still a tight end at the end of the day, not a true wide receiver. And Deshaun Jackson, I mean, he's still a good wide receiver, don't get us wrong, but he's just speedy out there. That's all he can really do. And that's no disrespect to Deshaun Jackson. He's got a great career here, and I would definitely say a sure surefire first ballot hall of famer in this league but he is kind of reaching the end of his career here in the nfl and he's a good speedster still but uh, uh so unfortunate here 
uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, just, uh, you know, not 100% on the money here, and you have to be 100% on the money when you're facing anybody in the NFC West of your own division, especially against the Cardinals coming into town. So, unfortunate there by Matthew Stafford. Once again, this was an opportunity to get back into this game, and, uh, you know, only down 11 at this point, they couldn't make the connection. All right, next drive up here. Once again, still down 21 to 10. So once again, still in this game, but we get a second and uh, second and goal, third and goal, both incomplete. They have to settle for the field goal here. Unfortunate. You could have made this one 21 to 17 instead of 21 to 13. But here we go, Matthew Stafford from the five yard line, folks. From the five yard line, he's got two cracks at it. First play here, empty backfield. Matthew Stafford drops back the pass and he tries to fit it in there to Cooper Cup, and that is. Is inaccurate that is behind that is not a good throw here let's watch this one one more time trying to hit Cooper Cup on a little bit of a slant route uh, pressure is right in his face and basically just throws it in the direction of Cooper Cup but that's on the pressure there once again this Cardinals defense needs to be kind of taken legitimately out here folks we all know about the offense it's fantastic but this defense was getting after it here locking up the speedsters not allowing really any great separation and putting the pressure on Matthew Stafford in the red zone fantastic all right, now we get third and goal here. Here we go. Let's see what they can do. Here we go. Third and goal. Matthew Stafford, empty backfield, trips to the left here. Motion man at the snap. Fake toss to the running back and then goes to Cooper Coppin. It seemed to be open, but Matthew Stafford inaccurate as heck with this ball. Jeez Louise. Uh, you put this one right on Cooper Cup here. He's going to make an effort to die for that pylon for the corner. But he just, I don't that's way inaccurate. So Matthew Stafford down here, an overthrow to Tyler Higby. Missed, uh, missed the Cooper Cup time one because of pressure. No pressure here. Just a real bad arid throw. Jeez. Let's watch this one one more time from start to finish. Uh, was there anything open by the time of pass? I mean, this is what it's designed to go for. A little bit of a rub route here at the bottom of the screen to free him up. And that would have been close, folks. I don't know if he gets in for a touchdown. This defender's right there. But uh, we know Cooper Cup's a dog, and he would have fought tooth and nail to uh, touch that pylon with the ball to score seven points. So unfortunate there. Just this offense not truly playing at its peak, and we've seen it play at its peak. That's why it's so frustrating here that this Rams team lost in this kind of fashion here to the Cardinals. Um, just they got to be ready to go on every single game. And how are you not ready to go here on this Cardinals team? Unfortunate. Alrighty, the next drive up here. We get a second and ten in a third and four, and it results into a field goal. So, once again, kind of floundering here, having to settle for field goals, folks. It, it will lose you the game in most cases when you're facing above average upper echelon teams, folks. Let's see what he's looking like here. Here we go. A couple of plays. We start here on second and ten, and they're at their the Cardinals' 33-yard line. Here we go. Drops back to pass, and it's just a wide receiver screen. It's on target. The accuracy is there. Thank goodness. Um, you know, it's not just Matthew Stafford had a garbage game all around. So really no cause to truly fall off of this Rams team uh, so far. Uh, but now we get a third and four. Let's see what he's looking like here on third and four. Once again, you score a touchdown here. You make it 27 to 20. Six minutes left in the third quarter. Plenty of time to come back and win the game. But now you settle for a field goal. You make it 27 to 26. That's an 11 point uh, deficit still. So two possession game still in the third quarter. 
Man, oh, man. So here we go. Third and four. Matthew Stafford, empty backfield. Five wide. Here we go. Drops back to pass. And he's going deep to Cooper Cup. And, man, how? what the heck? This is bad accuracy again. And Cooper Cup doesn't really seem to make an effort to get this ball. But this is wide open. And Matthew Stafford does not put it on the money, folks. Jeez. And why is this going to have to refresh as well? Jeez. Um, let's refresh this. Let's see if we can get back there quickly. I want another angle from the back end to truly see how off the money this was and why Cooper Cup didn't like make a diving attempt. It seemed like from that angle, he could have at least made a diving attempt. But let's see if we get any back angle to truly get a gauge on this ball. So we got to go to... Actually, we might just have to move on because we did lose our place here and we do not have the backup of the timestamp. How unfortunate. Um... Did this result in the missed field goal? Is that right? Let me see if I can bring it up here quickly. Now that they've got the footage up here, we should be able to click each play individually if they are all up. And they are all, oh, look at this. Look at this. Here we go. All right. Back to the play. And this resulted into a missed field goal. Even worse. Jeez Louise. But here we go. Uh, so here we go. Same play that we just watched. Cooper Cup wide open. A nice little stutter. Oh, my God. He absolutely destroyed that cornerback with that move. And Matthew Stafford just... Man, why did Cooper Cup not... I, I, we got to see a different angle. We got to see a different angle. Jeez Louise. Um, but we can't do it this way. Little technical difficulties. We'll get it right, though. We'll get it right. We'll get it right right here. Um, all right, we got to go to 633, 633 in the third quarter. Hang with us, folks. We'll get it there. We're getting it. Here we go. All right, here we go. We're getting there. Got to see the back angle. They better show a back angle replay. We didn't do all this for nothing, folks. That was a great route by Cooper Cobb. All right, here we go. Matthew Stafford, incomplete pass. There it is. Let's see if we get a back angle replay here. Matthew Stafford trots off the field, and here we go. Okay, we're going to get a gr good look right here. Uh, Cooper Cobb, I mean, a great move to beat the defender. I mean, look at that. Uh, has he stutter step? And then the miss. They're going to replay it again? Here we go. Here we go. Okay, great angle right here. Cooper Cobb. Oh, yeah, that's just way short, man. That's like three yards way too much inside. Lois Hack, that's a touchdown if he puts it on the money. Matthew Stafford, man, being lackadaisical in some of these throws, you can't do that here. So a little bit of cause for concern, maybe a little bit on Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's wide open. You can't be missing wide open um, to Cooper Cup. I mean... So I think we can just chalk it up to a bad day between Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, but they need to get this figured out. We know this is kind of Matthew Stafford's best favorite weapon out here, and it's just not getting it done. Man, oh man, what a what a bungle. What a bungle, folks. Alrighty, and then just the last thing right here. Uh, game kind of over at this point. They're down uh, 21 points, folks, in the fourth quarter. 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. But let's just kind of see, is the urgency still here? Because, you know, we want to see you compete to the end, even if it's a blowout. It's unfortunate, but uh, you kind of 
set yourself up for this situation. But let's see what they were doing here. It's first and goal from the 8-yard line, folks. And we get an incomplete, a Matthew Stafford run, a Matthew Stafford run, and another incomplete. And they walk away with no points. Yes, the game is over here, but we still want to see you fighting to the final whistle. So let's see what these plays were looking like here down in the goal line. Because once again, they were struggling here in the red zone. Goal to go the entire game. And they kind of did that a little bit uh, last week, having to settle for field goals a couple of few times. So here we go. Matthew Stafford on first and goal here. Empty backfield. Here we go. Dropping back to pass. Plenty of time to throw. And tries to hit a wide receiver. Triple covered in the back of the end zone. We get another look here. Is that Robert Woods who he's trying to hit? Couldn't get the best look. It looked low. Let's see. We get a replay here. We'll get a great look right here. I believe this is Robert Woods, number two here. Good move to get over. But, yeah, that's still real covered. It's a good chance, but it's not a good throw. you got to throw that high. You don't throw this belly level, especially when there's a defender all over you. Bad throw there by Matthew Stafford. Really unimpressive day here by Matthew Stafford. How unfortunate. All right, here we go. Second goal. Matthew Stafford escaping, trying to run up the middle here. And he takes a hit and can't extend the ball over the goal line? Come on, where's the fight, Matthew Stafford? You got to extend the ball here. He took the shot. He took the hit. But, I mean, you're right on the goal line. And how don't they call that a touchdown? Jeez Louise. Um, man, oh, man. So, Matthew Stafford just, it's a game of inches, folks. And Matthew Stafford was off by inches all day and off by an inch here right on the goal line. And here we go. We got to refresh this page again. Jeez Louise. Um, I don't know why these are crapping out on us. But we can get back there quickly, folks. Uh, we're, we've got the time step down. We learned from a week one of film study where everything went wrong. And we didn't write down the timestamps to get back there quickly. But we got them here. So no worries. So here we go. Matthew Stafford right down at the one-yard line. Unfortunate. Doesn't dive. Doesn't extend the ball. Doesn't extend the ball. Come on, Matthew Stafford. Let's see this one. Here he goes. He switches arm he switches the ball in his left arm here doesn't really extend and he's down unfortunate all righty but now we get third and goal third and goal from the one let's see what Matthew Stafford does here here we go under center and he's going to take a QB sneak and they don't get it as well Jeez, great job here by this Cardinals defense man not giving up any points 13 points through four quarters basically three full quarters and now we get fourth and goal Matthew Stafford empty backfield five wide here and he tries to hit Tyler Higby on the classic just kind of run right at the edge of the goal line and uh, this is great coverage right here and this ball somehow it got through I don't know how Matthew Stafford fit this ball in here but we're gonna watch the replay right here and this should have been caught by Tyler Higby just watch how this ball got thrown folks geez I mean you gotta really fit it in there just look at how this ball goes and just falls right into his hands right there you've gotta catch that ball that's a great that's a great throw this might be one of the most impressive throws uh, maybe by Matthew Stafford definitely all day this is a wildly exactly where it had to be ball exactly where it had to be it's right in his hands folks low and away Tyler Higby tall dude what is he 6'6 six, six out there can't hang on to the ball and look it in damn 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 so when Matthew Stafford was when Matthew Stafford was accurate the receivers couldn't catch when Matthew Stafford when the receivers were open Matthew Stafford couldn't put it right right on the money how unfortunate so 
Overall, a lot of people deserve blame for this Rams malfunction and meltdown last week against the Cardinals. I don't think it's too much cause for concern, but we need to see the Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford combo back at it tonight against the Seahawks before we truly blow up uh, this Rams team. But uh, not great what we saw. Truly unfortunate. And Matthew Stafford's way better than that. Truly. All righty. So that was uh, Cardinals Rams right there. Matthew Stafford letting us down a little bit. Alrighty, now let's uh, do our last thing that we got to do for today's show, and uh, that's predict and react to these week five lines, folks. Um, we like to try and, you know, guess where Vegas' head is at, where our thinking, you know, we talk an hour and a half every single day here, folks. Are we spewing nonsense, or we actually know what we're talking about? For the most part, 99%, we know what we're talking about here. We're usually right on par level thinking with Vegas, and that's why we predict these lines here. And I truly encourage any kind of better out there, any people that like to bet on sports, doesn't have to be just football, it could be basketball as well, uh, but to, uh, you know, before you look at what the line is, just think of what you would set the line at, what do you think this game is going to happen, and then you look at Vegas, and then you compare your thinking, are you right, is Vegas is right, why is Vegas thinking this way, why am I thinking this way, and you know, who, just kind of get a good sense of where you are in your own thinking, because once you look at the line, folks, you don't really know, would you have guessed it like that, you've got that number in your head already, and it's not consciously you're doing this, it's just subconsciously, you look at the line, let's just, here we go, Ram Seahawks, um, you know, Okay, you know, you look at the line, it's Seahawks minus three. I don't know what it is, folks, quite yet. But you know, let's just say, you look at the line, oh, Seahawks minus three. Oh, yeah, I would have probably said Seahawks minus three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're going on that notion of that's your thoughts, but that's not truly your thought because subconsciously you already saw the number and you worked it in your subconscious, folks. That's why it's called the subconscious. Come on. Um, so that's why we like to do it here. Get a nice good gauge into uh, if we truly know and truly can feel out the landscape that is the NFL on a week-to-week -week basis, and uh, we're re we're right on the money there with Vegas, and we even find you know, and this definitely helps because you can find the value, folks, when you when your line is so much more off than Vegas is. Um, it doesn't mean that Vegas is 100% right. We saw them lack in the first two weeks with the Steelers plus six. And then who was it the second week that we found great value? And dang it, dang it, dang it. I'm blanking on it. Steelers plus six week one. Great bet. Um, we took it. We hit it. Week two. What was week two's? Mm, mm. Uh, it's not that important. Maybe it is. Uh, let me see if I can find it quickly, quickly. Hmm. Hmm. Not really remembering. Oh, Cowboys. Was it Cowboys plus three? Was that it? Cowboys plus three, I think, may be it. But either way, we can find the great value here when we predict the lines first. So let's do that, and let's uh, go through all these games and start talking about week five in the NFL. So here we go. First game up is the Thursday night game tonight. Rams at Seahawks. All righty, what are we going to put this line at? Seahawks minus three because of home field. Division rivals right here. Big game here for both teams, for the Rams to get back on track and put that kind of bad performance by the offense behind them. And the Seahawks, just to kind of prove that they can put a full, full quarters of football together so I'm gonna just call this one probably Seahawks minus three I mean we've got two great teams both in the same division we know the Rams defense is great the Rams offense is great Seahawks offense is pretty solid I mean when you've got Russell Wilson you've got a great chance to win every single game and then with the wide receivers absolutely 
Chris Carson potentially being out here is a little bit of a, a, a stinger here for the Seahawks, and the defense is truly going to have to step up here uh, to defend the great speed and size and verticality that this Rams team has. So I'm going to call this one Seahawks. I'm going to call this one Seahawks minus one and a half. You give them the minus three because they are home field, but I'm giving the Rams a half a point better overall. I mean, I just like Matthew Stafford in this offense, man. The Seahawks offense has not seemed consistent this entire season, and it wasn't consistent the entire year last year falling off at the back end. I still need to get a true sense of what the Seahawks team is all about, and hopefully we learn a little bit more tonight, but I'm going to call it Seahawks minus one and a half. Alrighty, then we get the Jets at Falcons, and this is going to be a great opportunity for the Jets to win this game, folks. Falcons, they're trash. They blow leads. They blow leads at home. It doesn't matter. This Falcons team, man, there's some curse on this team. It doesn't matter. They just switched out their head coach. They got rid of Julio Jones. They brought in two new running backs. It doesn't matter. They're still doing the same old Falcons things that they've done for the last three to four years. Ever since they lost the Super Bowl, uh, there's been a curse here in Atlanta, and how unfortunate there. Uh, but this Falcons, t uh, but this Jets team, we saw Zach Wilson truly start to get it done last week, and I really think this is a great opportunity for the Jets to go out and win. And I want to say, if Vegas plays this, like I think Vegas is going to play this, I think they're going to call this one just Falcons minus three because of the home field. And if they do that, I'm taking the Jets plus three all day. That's great value in my opinion. But I'm going to call this one Falcons. Minus two, you give a minus three because of home field. And I'm saying this Jets team is just a little bit like a point better overall than the Falcons. And I may be crazy by saying this, folks. I may be crazy, but I think I take Zach Wilson over Matt Ryan right now. What is Matt Ryan showing us? Nothing. What, okay, his good games result into nothing. I mean, they don't win games. They don't get back to the Super Bowl. They don't, you know, go back deep in the playoffs. I'll take the rookie with the higher ceiling because we know what Matt, uh, Matt Ryan is. It's just nothing great. It's like, okay, if you look at Matt Ryan's stats, you're like, yeah, they're good. And then you look at the games, they're like, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I expect, yeah. So I'm going to call this one Falcons minus two. And if we, get if, if, if we get Falcons minus three, I'm taking the Jets plus three. Jets plus two, uh, you don't get that kind of, you know, three point. You know, you score by threes and seven. So usually the final score is usually a three to seven. Obviously, there's the wonky situations of, you know, a missed extra point and a safety and all that. I get it. But the basic scoring, the mainstream scoring is three or seven. So I'm going to call it uh, Falcons minus two. All right, here we go. Lions at Vikings. And folks, 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 we're going to see what uh, Vegas does here. But I think this is a blowout win for the Vikings, folks. I'm really looking forward to what the spread is here because I think we may potentially get great value taking the Vikings at home here. Vikings getting out to a lackluster 1-3 start here, but the offense is still moving the ball besides last week because the Browns' defense is fantastic. The Lions' defense is nothing like <laughs> the Browns' defense. So the Vikings don't have to worry about their offense not getting the production it needs this week. Now, they got the Lions, 0-4, Vikings 1-3. So if Vegas is just, you know, looking at the record, and we know Vegas is smarter than that, so it's probably not the case. But um, I think this is going to be a blowout win for the Vikings. They get back on track. This is the easiest opponent they've, they're going to face all season. And uh, the Lions, they just, I mean, Jared Goff and the offense just floundering. They had every opportunity to beat that Bears team, and they squandered it themselves. Once again on the road, I don't think this is the week that the Lions get their first win. I'm 
I'm going to call this one Vikings minus seven, folks. And uh, if it's Vikings minus seven, we probably don't take it. I don't think that's great value at that point. But if it's Vikings minus three, Vikings minus four, I'm taking that value all day long. Potentially, we'll still take Vikings minus seven. I do think this is going to be a nice, nice good win here for the Vikings. I could definitely see a 10-point win. So if it's anything less than 10 here, the spread, we may still take it. But I think it's going to be a great Sunday here for the Vikings. All right, next game up is the Saints at Washington. And alrighty, something's got to give here, folks. Saints, can they can they move the ball offensively through the air? I don't know. I, it, it doesn't seem like it. You know, Jameis Winston, he's still got to be the quarterback. We just made that, um, you know, we just firmly said that yesterday when we were looking at what Taysom Hill was doing, under-throwing balls. Uh, can't do that. Uh, Washington at home here. It doesn't matter if the Saints are at home or on the road. I mean, Jameis Winston is still not airing it out. I mean, he had 220 yards at home, like 170 on the road. I mean, it's not that much of a difference here. Uh, Taylor Heineke proves, hey, he will fight to the bitter end. I mean, they put up no points in the first quarter and then 34 points for the rest of the game. Great uh, energy by Taylor Heineke. He brings a great presence to this Washington team. Uh, both defenses are nothing great here. The Saints just kind of truly floundered against the Giants offense last week. And then this Washington defense, I mean, they've been giving up like 25 to 30 plus points every single game here. This is not the Washington defense of last season, but the offense is better than it was last season. So it's kind of making up for that. Um, but I'm just going to call this one right on kind of that uh, home field. I mean, these are two lackluster teams overall. The Saints offense isn't impressive. The defense isn't impressive. Washington's offense is pretty good. It's 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 kind of high-flying, and it, it's way better than it was last season. But like we just said, this Washington defense has got to start to reestablish itself, and we'll see if it does it at home. But we're just going to call this one Washington minus three. Give them minus three because of home field, and that's basically what these two teams are. All right, next game up here is the Patriots at the Texans. And the Texans are at home, which is good, but they still have Davis Mills. It's not Tyrod Taylor yet. So we know this Texans offense is so utterly atrocious with Davis Mills. And he's still a rookie, so we won't knock him too hard. But poof, you could tell he's a rookie. That man is sheesh, not great yet. Um, but yeah, this Patriots defense, I mean, it just shut down Tom Brady. It's going to probably definitely shut down Davis Mills. So Mac Jones going back to just game managing quarterback, hopefully, and just letting the team overall get the wins and get the stops defensively and set up the offense in great field position. So Mac Jones doesn't have to drive 75, 80 yards, just a nice 50, 55 yard drive for Mac Jones, dinking it down, you know, taking his shots when he needs to running the ball when they need to. Um, so we're going to call this one Patriots minus six on the road. It's just this Texans offense is so utterly atrocious, folks. So utterly atrocious. The defense is truly going to be the only thing relevant here in this game. If the Texans defense steps up, it could be close. If not, I mean, if the Patriots score 10 points, there's no way the Texans put up more than 10 points. So it's going to be the first to 10, I would say, in this game. So we're going to call this one Patriots minus six. Alrighty, Dolphins at the Bucks, and still no Tua. Hopefully Tua shows up next week, and because of no Tua, this Dolphins offense is still trash, basically like we just talked about for that Texans team. Trash defense, absolutely. Um, so Dolphins on the road against the Bucks. Oh my goodness. And Tom Brady didn't wasn't able to kind of get his 
full revenge on Bill last week. I'm sure Tom Brady wanted at least one passing touchdown against Bill Belichick's defense. Couldn't even get that. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Tom Brady's going to come out here firing and taking out all of that frustration of truly not sticking it to Bill this week. And he's going to take it out on the next best thing, which is, you know, his former kind of division rival, the the Dolphins, kind of their second biggest during Tom Brady's tenure here in the AFC East. So he's going to go out and take it out on the Dolphins. The defense, it's good. It's a good defense, but it, when the offense doesn't put up points, the defense will kind of just kind of get lethargic as the game progresses, and Tom Brady was at his best the very last drive of last week. So... There it is. We're going to call this one a, a nice, disrespectful Bucks minus eight and a half, folks. I mean, it's just this Dolphins offense cannot move the ball, folks. I'd probably take uh, the Bucks minus eight and a half. And I think I would feel comfortable. Um, I'm going to say this. I would feel comfortable buying it all the way up to Bucks minus 13 and a half. Yeah, this Dolphins offense is that bad, folks. Without Tua, with Tua, it can be good because Jacoby. I, I, like I would go with Sinet, the the third string quarterback here. I'm done with Jacoby Brissett. The man does not get it done. I mean, he he doesn't air it out. He doesn't take those uh, shots down the field, and then he's inaccurate as heck. Um, you know, getting players injured. Uh, Kenny. Um, uh, Will Fuller here, our wide receiver for the Dolphins, he broke his finger because Jacoby Brissett is throwing garbage balls, inaccurate. Um, and then you know he gets uh, you know he fumbles the ball as well. So. Bucks minus eight and a half. Wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit higher. All right, then we get the Packers at the Bengals. And this is going to be a real interesting game. I'm really interested to see what this Bengals team is all about, folks. And this is a huge game for them against this Packers team. Now, the Bengals just uh, beat the Steelers um, two weeks ago, which was a solid win. Uh, Packers just beat the Steelers. As well, um, but yeah, this Bengals team three and one getting out to a hot start. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hookup is looking real gosh dang good. And Packers on the road, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm just not feeling the team here by the Packers. I it just still feels like there's some animosity here between Aaron Rodgers and the team a little bit because of that kind of dysfunction in the offseason. I don't think it's all buddy buddy, and uh, they're lucky they've been winning, so they've been able to kind of keep it truly kind of bottled up and under wraps here. But, uh, you know, this they're on the road here. This Bengals team has a great chance to upset. Um, what is this Bengals defense ranked? Let's quickly see what this Bengals defense is all about here um, and just see where this Bengals defense is ranked. Are they going to be able to try and stop this uh, Aaron Rodgers offense? So here we go. The Bengals, they have a top eight defense. They've only given up 75 points so far this season, 1,200 yards, where the Packers... Whereas their defense, they've given up 100 points and 1,200 yards as well. So this Packers defense, they've given up more points to the Bengals. And with Joe Burrow's high-flying offense with Jamar Chase, I think this is on upset alert, folks. We can get some good value here. We'll see how much respect Vegas has for the Bengals. But I'm going to call this one Bengals minus Bengals minus one, folks. I truly think so. I think this Bengals offense can get it done past this Packers defense. And if this Bengals defense... Um, you know, forces a turnover early on with Aaron Rodgers like we've kind of seen a little bit. When Aaron Rodgers throws some picks, they're really going to come in the first or second quarter. And usually if he throws one, we can kind of see a second one coming as well. So Bengals minus one, they get after Aaron Rodgers early and often. It's a one o'clock kind of kickoff time. Packers aren't you 
usually kind of in the one o'clock slot, usually kind of a four, uh, four o'clock slot for this Packers team. So Bengals used to playing early, Packers maybe not so much, and uh, Aaron Rodgers on the road. He looked all right against the Steelers last week. Nothing great. Not kind of Aaron Rodgers-esque, but it was okay. Um, I'm going to give the Bengals some love here. I'm calling this one Bengals minus one. And if we get any points with the Bengals, I think that's great value. All right, next game up is the Broncos and the Steelers. All righty, Teddy Bridgewater should be able to go. He should be practicing today, getting out of concussion protocol and all that. And this Steelers offense versus the Broncos defense, I don't think so. No way. This Steelers offense has just been absolutely lackluster the entire season, folks. Big Ben, the receivers. Najee Harris has been fine, but in the clutch, you know, he's not getting it done. He's not the one that's kind of putting the team on his back, and he's a rookie, but still... You know, somebody's got to do it. Shoot. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, we just watched him la uh, yesterday uh, of his week performance against the Ravens, and it was solid. It's just that Ravens defense was really gosh dang good. And I think that Ravens defense is a little bit better than the Steelers defense overall. And just once again, I just don't think the Steelers team offensively is going to be able to get it going. Now, they are at home, which is a nice silver lining for the Steelers team. But this Broncos defense, I mean, they held the – uh, the Ravens to 23 points and uh, you know a couple of a lot of three and outs and not able to move the ball and not able to be kind of explosive and consistent like that and you know they kept it close the Broncos defense kept it close it's just unfortunate you know Drew Locke couldn't do anything either so um, I'm gonna oof, what do we call this one man Steelers at home so you give them the minus three Broncos it's just, is Big Ben going to torch it up this week? Is I mean, he's been banged around, folks. I don't know if we can even buy Ben. I can't even buy Ben with this spread. I'm going to call this one Broncos minus two and a half. Broncos minus two and a half. I, it's just, uh, we'll start respecting it when we see it, but it's week after week after week after week, and if he's not getting it done in the beginning half, as that arm wears and tears, he's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. I don't think this is going to be Big Ben gets off to a slow start and then so hot at the back end and then carries that into the playoffs. If we didn't see it week one, two, three, four, I don't think we see a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Um, and if they don't get it, you know, get it going, they don't get it uh, past week 17 because they're not making the playoffs. So I'm calling this one Broncos minus two and a half on the road. All right, then we get the Eagles at the Panthers. Ooh, going to be a great game. What is this Eagles team? Can they get it going? They just put up 30 points last week against the Chiefs. That was great. But now they got to go on the road against this Panthers defense. And Sam Darnold just playing game-managing quarterback. And we'll see what this Eagles defense is all about. They just let a touchdown go every single uh, drive last week for the Chiefs. So we'll see what this Eagles team is truly made out of. The Panthers get Christian McCaffrey back. I like the – I want – to buy in this Eagles team I still think we can buy into this Eagles team but this Panthers defense I think is not what we need to see right now for the Eagles so I'm gonna call this one Panthers minus five and a half we'll see if this uh offense can keep it going here for the Eagles they just finally started to kind of score in the red zone they need to kind of uh, uh not settle for field goals that's going to be their next kind of jump their next hurdle their first hurdle was just scoring the ball um and now the next hurdle is scoring touchdowns so we'll see what this Eagles team can do on the road it's going to be a tough one against this uh, Panthers defense I don't think this Panthers offense is so much better than the Eagles I'm not saying Sam Darnold is better than Jalen Hurts honestly I would kind of say they're basically right neck and neck on what they can do so I'll call it Panthers minus five and a half 
Alrighty, Titans at the Jags. Oh, Urban Meyer. He's uh, not getting any more lap dances. Alrighty, he's learned his lesson. Uh, but I don't think he has this team ready to go. Um, is the respect factor there? They've got the Titans coming in this week, and they have a lot of people um, showing up on the injury injury report. Uh, let's go to this matchup. It's like 20 players here on this Titans team on the injury report here. We got uh, Sherrill Finch, Julio Jones, Jeremy McNichols, uh, Caleb Farley, Taylor Lewan, AJ Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, Aaron Brewer, Jalen Brown, Tommy Hudson, Chris Jackson, Brett Kern, uh, Bud Dupree, Rashad Evans, Ben Jones. I mean, everybody's on here, but Derrick Henry's not on here, and that's all we need to see. Derrick Henry is going to punch this Jaguars team in its mouth, folks. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be ready. All this distraction, all this respect talk, and, uh, you know, you've got to kind of talk your team and coach up your team and uh, have that leadership on the field and the locker room to get ready to tackle the powerhouse, the monster truck that is Derrick Henry, who runs 30 times a game for 150 yards. You're going to have to get ready for that. And if uh, this team gets down bad, if the Jaguars get down big bad early on, nobody's going to want to go to bat to win for uh, Urban Meyer when they have to, you know, tackle Derrick Henry over and over and over again. So, Urban Meyer screwed the pooch this week, and uh, the Titans will be screwing it right, screwing it right back. We're calling it Titans minus four and a half on the road. Alrighty. Let's keep going here. Next game up is the Browns at the Chargers. And we love the Browns defense and we love the Browns offense. Besides Baker Mayfield, he's not getting it done. And Justin Herbert's been playing real solid football here this entire season, winning game. So Chargers at home. This is going to come down to Baker Mayfield. It's literally going to be Baker Mayfield decides if, he, if the Browns win or lose this game. It's all going to fall on Baker Mayfield. And I'm not ready to trust him. These last two weeks, we just watched them yesterday, folks. I mean, holy moly, was that bad. I think that's the worst quarterback performance I've seen this season, and we've seen these rookies play, folks. It's not been the prettiest thing to watch here early on in the season. So Browns at Chargers, Chargers minus three because of home field advantage, and um, I'm going to still leave it at Chargers minus three. This is Baker Mayfield's game to win or lose. He decides it all. We'll see if he shows up. I don't think he does. We'll probably swallow the three points here in our official picks. All right, then we get the Bears at the Raiders. Justin Field uh, starting like he started the last two games, but uh, he's going to be starting for the rest of the season now. Official starter here in this Raiders team. Lackluster offensively um, on Monday Night Football. Unfortunate, they are at home, which is great. In this Bears defense, it's been real solid here. They made... Um, you know, Jared Goff turned the ball over in that offense, turned the ball over and not scoring the red zone, but the Bears were at home last week. We'll see how this Bears defense travels here, and we'll see if Justin Fields can keep up pace offensively with this Raiders offense. Now, we just saw, saw Darnell Mooney truly come alive. Allen Robinson and this offense come alive last week. Is that, you know, a one-and-done thing? Does Matt Nagy kind of reclam up here and, you know, not get it done? So, this is going to be a real close game, but I'll call this one Raiders. I'm going to call this one Raiders minus three and a half. I think uh, Vegas is going to give them an extra kind of point or a half a point hook here. Um, but uh, we'll see what Justin Fields can do. We'll call this one Raiders minus three and a half because of home field advantage.
Alrighty, four more games. Here we go. 49ers at Cardinals. And once again, a huge division game here for this Cardinals team, for the 49ers. Cardinals at home. And with Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit uncertain, this Cardinals defense was making Matthew Stafford kind of, you know, and getting after this Rams offense at home there. So that was great. That was a great look by this Cardinals team. They didn't make any turnovers. They didn't, uh, you know, turn the ball over offensively. So they're playing clean football here. That's fantastic. And if Trey Lance has to, you know, play in this game, whether Jimmy Garoppolo can't from the rip or he gets knocked out of this game, Trey Lance is not going to be able to do anything over this Cardinals um defense and this 49ers defense nobody's been able to stop the Cardinals folks nobody's been able to face uh, stop the Cardinals and we just had them face the Rams and uh, they put up what 34 points 37 points so this Cardinals team can score on anybody this is a real solid team we're gonna call this one Cardinals minus four and a half here at home Alrighty, then we get the Giants at the Cowboys, and man, oh man, bad timing here for the Giants. They just got on track here with their offense and winning, won their first game last week, but now they have to go into Dallas against this Cowboys defense. Sheesh, good luck with that. We love this Cowboys defense. Dak Prescott, you know, he's been, hey, if I need to throw it, I will throw it. He had four touchdowns last week, but under 200 yards because the running attack was fantastic. So if, if Dak Prescott needs to be called upon to throw 300 yards, he will. If he only has to kind of be game manager, throw 180. 80, 200 yards, he will do that as well. So this Cowboys offense is moving the ball and winning multiple ways. This defense, we'll say it again, we say it every single week, they're true ball hawks all over the field. And we're going to call this one Cowboys minus 5.5 here against this Giants team. All right, then the Sunday night game, Bills at Chiefs. Oof, going to be a great game. We'll truly see what this Bills team is made of. But uh, this Chiefs team just had a touchdown. I, I can't I can't stress how impressive that is, folks. A touchdown on every single drive of the entire game. How crazy is that? And Josh Allen, he's just not getting it done for me. This Bills offense is just not getting it done for us here, not closing out the game, leaving the door open. And if, uh, you know, this Chiefs team, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, folks, is Patrick Mahomes. He will take advantage, and he will leap through the door and bring in his family, his friends, people he doesn't even know, anybody that wants to come in. They will all walk through that open door that the Bills leave open. I'm calling this one Chiefs minus four and a half, folks. Yes, I'm being disrespectful with the spread. I'm not buying the Bills quite yet. I'll buy them against, you know, the mediocre Tier 2 teams. I don't care about that, but this Chiefs team is upper echelon. We're calling this one Chiefs minus 4.5. I'm going to go Chiefs minus 5. I'm going Chiefs minus 5, folks. Chiefs minus 5. All right, last game here, Colts-Ravens. Colts at Ravens, Monday night football here. Colts, Carson Wentz, I mean, still even going against the Dolphins. Still wasn't pretty. That should have been a blowout there. Should have been a blowout, but the offense is still struggling. Ravens offense, they're moving the ball. The defense, they only allowed seven points last week. That was huge. And this Ravens team at home. This Colts team is not ready to face any team good. Carson Wentz is not good. These receivers are not great, which they need to be. And uh, this Ravens team team. Marquise Brown back on track. Lamar Jackson running all over the field. Nobody can stop him. And uh, this is to, I believe, break that record that they uh, uh, went to tie last week. So that they use that very last play. So Ravens at home, Monday Night Football, Carson Wentz. I think he comes out in flounders here. Um, I'm going to call this one Ravens minus four. 
Alrighty, now that we have all these lines predicted, let's see how we did. Let's go to DraftKings. That's the sports book we like to use with the lines. We think that's uh, they 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 get it right. They, usually every uh, you know booker bookkeeper they're all on the same lines. Maybe a half a point, full point, probably max difference. But uh, we use DraftKings here. Great website, um, great interface, all that. Fantastic. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> We're looking for sponsors out here. All right, but here we go. Let's see how we did here. Let's start with the Thursday night game here. Let's get these lines one more time refreshed. Make sure we're all good here. All right, so here we go. Rams at Seahawks. We predicted this line at Seahawks minus one and a half. And wow, it's Seahawks plus two. Vegas is loving the Rams here. And hey, I respect it. I kind of do as well. I was giving the Seahawks a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here because they were at home and just that kind of uncharacteristic performance that we just saw Matthew Stafford. So Vegas is like, hey, don't worry about last week. They'll get it cleaned up, and I'm sure they will. And I just don't know if the Seahawks defense is going to be able to keep up pace here with 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 what this Rams offense can do. We'll also see what this Rams offense and just team can look like on the road. They uh, opened up on the road. We oh no, they were at home against the Bears week one. What about week two? Week two they were on the road against the Colts and they only won by three. I like the Seahawks team better than I like the Colts here. So Seahawks plus two is looking appetizing. The Rams, you know, they beat the Bucks at home. They had the Cardinals at home. This is their only second road game, and they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Colts. And if Carson Wentz didn't get knocked out of that game, the Rams may have lost on the road. So Seahawks plus two, folks, we'll give you our pick right now. I think I'm taking the Seahawks plus two. Matthew Stafford leaving a bad taste in our mouth. Now they're on the road here. Division opponent against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, short week for everybody. I think they get back on track here. So Seahawks plus two, I think that's great value. Rams, one by three on the road against the Colts. I'm taking the two here. I'm taking the Seahawks plus two. All right, so that's our Thursday night football pick right there. A little off the mark on our spread, but all right, all right. Uh, Vegas is going to give us those points. We'll take them. We were ready to swallow one and a half here by the Seahawks, but I'll take the two. Damn, you're giving me two points. I'll take those two points all freaking day. All right, now let's start talking about some Sunday action here. First game up is the Jets and the Falcons. We predicted this line at Falcons minus two, and it's Falcons minus three. All right, so Vegas is saying, yeah, both these teams are even, but uh, I'm giving the edge here to Zach Wilson and the Jets, and we get three here. I think that's great value, folks. I'll take the three. I don't see this Falcons team winning this game. They just let Taylor Heineke come back from behind, and that's not a dig to Taylor Heineke. I think he's solid out here, but if Taylor Heineke can do it, so can Zach Wilson because that man just started to open up the ball down the field last game and uh you know if taylor heineke can put up 34 points i think the jets can do it as well so falcons minus three no good value i truly stay away from that jets plus three i think i'm loving it Alrighty, next game up here is the Eagles and the Panthers. We predicted this line at Panthers minus five and a half, and it's Panthers minus three. Interesting right here. So Vegas is telling you what we've been saying. Hey, you give credit to this Eagles team. I just don't think it's this week that uh, we should be kind of buying up this Eagles team. Their offense just started to move the ball, but we know this Panthers defense is really gosh dang good. One of the top defenses in the league. I want to say one of the, I would probably say top two. Uh, they've only given up 66 points. Points, a thousand yards overall. Um, only two teams have been better than that overall in this league, and that's the Bills and the Broncos. So, absolutely great defense here. And uh, Sam Darnold most likely gets Christian McCaffrey back. Sam Darnold has a lot to prove because he just kind of floundered. 
um, against the Cowboys, you know, throwing picks in the second half of the game when it was close, single-handedly basically losing. Um, so uh, Eagles plus three. Um, I don't think it's enough good value. I think we're leaning more towards the Panthers right here, but interesting right here. They Vegas is basically saying, yeah, these two teams are even. So I know everybody's trashing the Eagles in the national media. I don't understand why. Um, I still put this as like one of the top tier two teams. I can't put the Eagles in at tier one. They're one and three. No way. But I mean, just kind of, you know, one of the better kind of, you know, middle of the road teams. I put them out uh, high on the tier twos. Um, so Panthers minus three, I think it's better, but I still think this Eagles team can be competitive. So I'm glad that the Vegas is not truly disrespecting the Eagles here and we'll see how they do against this Panthers defense. All right, Packers at Bengals. We predicted this line at Bengals minus one, and wow, Bengals plus three. That's the disrespect we're looking for. Absolutely. I'm loving the Bengals plus three here, folks. Give me the value. I will gobble it up. Bengals at home. Joe Burrow looking real gosh dang good. Defense is real solid here by the Bengals. This Bengals team has kind of surprised me. I did not expect them to go three and one. I, we, one of our early kind of, you know, before the season started prediction was that Joe Burrow would have was going to look the worst out of that kind of quarterback class from last season between Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Tua, but he's looking like one of the best, so proving us wrong. Hey, I'll take the points. You prove me wrong and get three points. I'll, I'll take that. Bengals plus three, folks. I think you might see that game in our picks tomorrow. We make our official picks. We like to sleep on the lines and make our official pick on Friday show, but Bengals plus three, I think that's disrespectful value. Is that the first disrespectful value here of the week? Little disrespect, slight disrespect. Bengals plus three, folks. Whew, interesting. All right, next game up here is the Patriots and the Texans. We predicted this line at... We predicted this line at... Where is this game? Here we go. Patriots minus six, and it's... Patriots minus eight and a half. Woo, yeah. I mean, folks, it's Davis Mills. He can't move the ball. He can't move the ball. They won't put up any points. We said it's going to be the first one to 10, and probably it's going to be the Patriots winning 10 nothing, potentially winning 10 nothing at minimum, at bare minimum. So swallowing eight and a half here, it's not something I probably will do. I think it's fine, but it's Patriots with the rookie quarterback on the road. Something wonky happens. Will they put up that many points? I don't see Davis Mills getting out to a good start, but uh, maybe Mac Jones throws a pick I don't know maybe something but um yeah I, this Texans team can't move the ball so I understand the line little off the mark in Vegas is uh uh overval or yeah kind of uh going heavy on the on Davis Mills not being able to move the ball and I agree I agree Alrighty, Titans at Jaguars is the next game up here, and we predicted this game at Titans minus four and a half, and it's right there. Titans minus four, folks. So absolutely that is the Jaguars gonna be up to tackling Derrick Henry this week. I don't think so. I think we like the four there, swallowing the four with the Titans. Broncos at Steelers. We predicted this line at Broncos at Steelers. We predicted this line at Broncos minus two and a half, and it's only Broncos plus one, man. I think, okay, I think this is some great value right here. We don't have to swallow any points here with the Broncos on the road, and I just don't think Big Ben gets it done, folks. He's not going to get better as the season progresses. I think that's not what's going to happen with Big Ben this season, folks. Worse as the season goes on, not better. I think I'm liking the Broncos with the point.
All right, next game up here is the Saints at Washington. We predicted this line at Washington minus three, and wow, wow, Washington plus two and a half against this Saints offense that doesn't move the ball down the field in this Washington defense. This is the perfect opportunity for them to really kind of solidify, hey, we're the real deal defensively here. They're not, you know, airing out the ball. They can. They just don't. They did it once. They did it twice last game. Hopefully, they start doing it a little bit more this week, but this is the week if you know James Winston's not going to throw for 200 yards this Washington defense can rush him a little bit more press the uh, receivers a little bit more uh, kind of the safeties can press up a little bit more towards the line of scrimmage and they can make it a real bad day here for the Saints so I'm not buying the Saints team minus two and a half what are you nuts Washington plus two and a half here I feel like this is a trap bet here set up by Vegas and I'll be the sucker I'll swap I'll, I'll I'll fall right into this trap Washington plus two and a half I think is great value folks absolutely great value wow 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 ah uh, I'm okay folks wow Washington I think that's disrespect I think this is a little bit more disrespectful than the Bengals plus three over there wow wow Vegas is on the bullshit this week folks disrespect is coming out all right we're starting to see it Washington plus two and a half I love it I love that woof Alrighty, next game up is the Lions at Vikings. We predicted this line. Now, let's see if we get great value here, folks. This is a potential game where we can get immaculate value. We don't want to swallow that many points here with the Vikings. Lions at Vikings. We predicted this line at Vikings minus 7, and it's, uh, okay. No great value. Unfortunate. Vikings minus 9.5. We understand it, folks. I'm telling you, I really think this Vikings team runs wild. I think they put up the points, and now they'll have a lot of people talking come next week. Like, oh, this Vikings team, why have we not been talking about them? That's the type of game the Vikings are going to put out. So, minus 9.5. That's always a lot to swallow here. But uh, we'll see what we do tomorrow with our official picks. But that's exactly what, uh, yeah, we understand. We understand. Alrighty, next game up here is the Dolphins at the Bucks. We predicted this line at Bucks minus eight and a half, and it's Bucks minus ten. Once again, this Dolphins team cannot move the ball offensively without Tua. They will not be able to move the ball offensively on the road against the Bucks defense. No way. So Bucks minus ten. I understand it. We probably don't swallow it because it's not good value for us anymore. And the Dolphins plus ten is definitely not good value. So we're not going to go the other way. So unfortunate. Vegas, you know they they don't lose money, folks. You know they're usually right on it. They're usually right on it. No good value there. Alrighty, Browns at Chargers. We predicted this line at Chargers minus three, and it's Chargers minus two. So um, they're giving a little bit more credit. Uh, Vegas is giving a little bit more credit overall to the Browns than we are. But, uh, you know, we understand, you know, the Browns team is all good besides Baker Mayfield. So, like we said, it's going to be Baker Mayfield to decide to win this game or not. I think we uh, swallowed the two here for the Chargers. Uh, they win by three. Bingo, bingo. We cover the hit. All right, Bears at Raiders. We predicted this line at Raiders minus three and a half, and it's Raiders minus five and a half. Woof. All righty. Uh, so Vegas has given no respect to Justin Fields. I've got no problem with that just quite yet. Um, you know, we'll see how he does on the road against a real solid team right here against the Raiders, and we'll see how the Raiders bounce back. Raiders minus five and a half. I don't think it's any great value, um, but um, yeah, Raiders minus five and a half. 
Giants at Cowboys. We predicted this line at Cowboys minus five and a half, and it's Cowboys minus seven. So a little bit more than we were thinking here. And that's kind of what the, the theme of today here. Vegas is kind of, uh, uh, we're, we're kind of lowballing Vegas a little bit out here. But yeah, I understand it. I mean, I don't think this Giants team is going to be able to continue what they did uh, last week, and they only got going in the fourth quarter. Um, so I don't think any of that kind of, you know, dusts off. And uh, this Cowboys defense, I don't think it flounders. And Dak Prescott, I think, you know, does what he does. And Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard and this whole offense here. This Cowboys offense is real great, and they're at home. Cowboys minus seven. All right, here we go. The last three games here. 49ers at Cardinals. We predicted this line at Cardinals minus four, and it is Cardinals minus four and a half. Yeah, I mean, this Cardinals defense and offense is fantastic, folks. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing, expect this spread to go through the roof. So maybe secure this value while you can. He's still a little bit in limbo, kind of leaning towards playing. So Cardinals minus four and a half is probably the best value you'll get, and it uh, can only get worse from there. So maybe lock it in. We're liking it. All right, Bills at Chiefs. We'll see what they did here. We predicted this line at Chiefs minus five, and they're just going to leave it at Chiefs minus three. How do you leave this one at Chiefs minus three just because of home field advantage? I don't agree with that at all. How many times do we have to say it? Josh Allen is not closing the door in these games. We don't, uh, we don't think that's going to work here against the Chiefs. They'll take advantage. The Chiefs blow them out. We have the Chiefs minus five. We still like the Chiefs minus five, so we will probably swallow the three. And then the Monday night game, Colts at Ravens. We predicted that at Ravens minus four, and wow, I'm glad Vegas did this. Ravens minus seven. Yeah, that's really what it should be. No respect to Carson Wentz, and I think that's perfectly fine. This is disrespectful uh, by Vegas to the Colts, and I firmly stand by this disrespect right here. Carson Wentz has got nothing in this Colts team overall. is just not able to win the games because they don't have that quarterback, just like last year with Phillip Rivers, unfortunate. First round exit of the playoffs even though they had a little bit of a better regular season so far than Carson Wentz does. So, unfortunate. All right. So, um, um, yeah, Vegas um, kind of putting these spreads a little bit higher than we would like. Uh, truly couldn't get a lot of great value. There was opportunities for some real great value, but uh, Vegas is smart, folks. Vegas is smart. So, unfortunate. But we'll come back at you tomorrow when we sleep on these lines, think about them through a little bit more, and we come at you, and we'll find the value, folks. Don't worry about that. We'll still find the value. Come on. Don't don't test us. Um, so, still value to be had, and we'll sniff it out for y'all. But uh, we are taking the Seahawks plus two tonight. Give us those points. Absolutely. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, where we make our official picks and we break down the game for um, uh, from last night. Um, alrighty, Huli, uh, Kelvin Ridley, hang on. Is this Jets game in London? Oh, we forgot. Oh, we forgot. That plays into it. Oh, man. What's the spread here? I forgot all about the Falcons and Jets playing in London. So Jets plus three in London? Oh, absolutely. Well, maybe not now. Oh, no. Oh, this, oh goodness. I forgot all about the London, folks. Robert Salo, rookie head coach. Arthur Smith, also a rookie head coach. How are they going to get their players prepared to play this game? Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. How is he going to prepare to play in another country? But no Calvin Ridley. He's not making the trip to London. So get that Jets plus three when you can, folks. Holy cow. And Russell Gage. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to get that value while you can. Get that Jets plus three, folks. Get that Jets plus three. All right. Now we are going to be out of here, folks. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a great one. Have a great one out there, folks.